Welcome to the Disney Points Podcast, where our goal is to help you take that dream Disney vacation without blowing through your savings. With ticket costs and hotel prices constantly on the rise, we want to show you what's possible when you introduce credit card points and miles to the Disney equation. I'm Kim Shear, and you can find me on my blog, vacationpointers.com, or at my Instagram account, at vacation underscore pointers. And I'm Sam Holland, and you can find me on the web at almostfreetraveling.com, or on Instagram at Almost Free Traveling. And now, this is the Disney Points Podcast. Kim, what are you working on as far as minimum spends or opening new cards? What's going on? Not a whole lot has changed. We're still working on, well, we have two that we're working on at the same time. So almost done with the Chase Inc. Business Unlimited that Ross opened. Um, and then when we're done with that, really, I have to wait until January to do this. We need to finish the two tiered Southwest bonus that I opened Mm -hmm. a few months back. So, um, we probably have like another $4,000 to put on that. And then that'll get me kickstarted for companion pass for next year. So that's where we're at. Um, we might even slip in another one. You know, you just know how it goes. Christmas is coming. There's so much to spend your money on. I know that's so true. So how about you? Well, um, okay, we're still finishing up our ink business preferred and we need to make a payment for this term's tuition for our son. But I'm waiting until tomorrow because our statement closed today. So I just wanted a little extra time to make that payment. And then that'll finish off that card. And then um, Darren said... Hey, we need to pay our property taxes. So I, did you see my story on Instagram? <laughs> I did. Were you like, um, I can do something about that. I, well, I had wanted to open up that card anyway. So I went to doctor of credit, found the Marriott five yeah, free night. There. I know. So I can't believe it. I'm so happy because if you remember, he closed his Bonvoy Boundless in August, I think uh-huh. in, in preparation so that there would just be a nice lag so then he could open this card and he got approved so we're gonna get awesome five free nights in like one large property tax payment it just he this morning he goes what's our next card don't you love it maybe that they're like in it well now that the news that the southwest personal card bonus just went up to 75k i'm like maybe i will get a southwest companion pass it might not i mean can you fly from seattle or where do you fly? Out Portland? Yeah, it's just weird connections to get anywhere we want to go, I think. Yeah. Which we're that's kind of how to. Philadelphia is too for us. Mm-hmm. You just do but it. We just, I mean, we do it or we drive a little further to Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. But it's even, I was having this conversation with somebody else that it's even worth it if you need to get to a major hub where you could like fly internationally and you mm-hmm. just need like that connecting flight. It's just nice to have so if you have the spending and you can finish it in three months i mean why not i'm gonna consider it well sam let's not talk about this anymore let's talk about this amazing epic trip that you just got back from you just gallivanted all over the world and saw every disney park i just need to hear i need to hear all the details because i'm not jealous i might be a little bit 
but I'm also really excited for you. Thanks. What an adventure. It was an adventure. It's really good to be home. And I feel like I just got over my jet lag officially. Like I slept mm -hmm. all night last night and woke up early, which is my normal. I'm an early riser. And so that feels good. Um, it's, I really missed my family. It was a 12 day trip and I, 10 days is kind of my limit, but because of flights and the way that they were, I couldn't do 10 days. And so it was a little long, but so how many days total was it? It was 12 days total. That's a lot. I know. But, you know, it's good to miss people and then get to come home and like realize. I do like my family. Yeah. How much you mean to each other. And yeah, Darren just killed it dadding around at home. And he really likes having that time to just, you know, do whatever with the kids and do things with them mm -hmm. individually. And he did a bunch of projects. He's really good at organizing. So he did a ton of organizing around the house and the house was just so clean when i got home which was oh such gosh. a nice surprise is he for hire that's except like the exact... except the kids okay rooms. well that's their own problem the rest of the shared space it's really nice i'm just going to okay. publicly shame my kids and say their rooms are disasters <laughs> do, do they listen to this no and Probably they wouldn't not. care okay. kids don't care right. if their rooms are messy they don't <laughs> they don't all and right anyway... well give us an oh go ahead did you just want to say no. something else no Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> Sam, give us an overview of this trip, and then we'll zoom in and you can tell us all about how you hacked it, because really that's that's the part we want to hear. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, Ashley gets around and I flew into Tokyo, and we stayed at the Hyatt Regency Tokyo Bay and did a day at Tokyo Disneyland and a day at Tokyo Disney Sea. Then we flew to Shanghai stayed at the Toy Story Hotel on property and did Shanghai Disneyland one day in the rain, which did not ruin our time. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. And then we flew to Hong Kong and we stayed at the Hyatt Regency Hong Kong Simsha Sim Sui. I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that. And we did a rest day and then two half days at Hong Kong Disneyland, which we'll talk about at some point. And then what really extended the trip is we had to fly to Tokyo to get home. And mm -hmm. then we stayed one night at the Grand Hyatt Tokyo and then flew home. Man. All right. Well, this might be a really long episode because there's a lot. of. <laughs> I mean, I have a ton of questions. But let's start with flying, flying to Tokyo. Yeah, let's start there. Yes. Sounds good. So in January of 2023, I booked three award flights for this trip, which took place in October, 2023. So there's, there you have how, how far in advance mm -hmm. I, I booked these award fairs and it was after Tokyo had opened back up from pandemic lockdowns, but most people still weren't going there. And I'm just sharing that because these days availability can be really hard. Like I've actually been looking because I like to tell people when I find the fairs that I booked and I haven't seen a ton of them because everyone wants to go to Tokyo travel is back in full swing and so I just want people to to know that but basically I had Alaska miles and American miles sitting around that I was going to use on a spring break trip to Tokyo with my family this year but then my kids said they couldn't miss school and so I just changed it to meeting a friend in Asia mm -hmm. to, to do these parks. So for the flight Fine. over. Force me to do it by myself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So for the flight over, I used 60,000 Alaska Airlines miles plus $19 to fly Portland to San Francisco first class and then San Francisco to Tokyo's Haneda Airport in a live flat business seat. So cool. <laughs> Um, did you get lounge access when you were in San Francisco, like for your layover? Good question, because my layover was several hours. And yes, do you remember Mahogany telling us that she didn't like the Sakura Lounge at SFO? Uh-huh. Well, they closed it. <laughs> oh. So when I checked in to, because um, you have to go check in at japan airlines when you get to sfo if that's the way you're doing it and when i did they um told me that the sakura lounge had been closed but they said i could go to the british airways lounge instead which was fine it was yeah it was like noon or 11 a.m and so i wasn't really eating or drinking i was between meals i don't drink that early in the day i had eaten on the alaska flight I knew I'd have service the whole way to Tokyo, but it was still a nice place to relax in the airport. Yeah. Well, that's good because aren't there not that many priority pass options anymore, right? Now that they took away the restaurant. There, I know. Option. They took away the restaurants in SFO, which, which I used to, to be go great. to. I know. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Um, but there's still some priority pass lounges. They are in the international um, terminal, and they're okay. only for departing just so you know okay so and when i returned and i'll talk about this later i couldn't go to the priority pass lounges when i landed because it was only for departure yeah okay all right well good to know so who can access the lounge that you got into yeah i think the only reason i got in to the british airways lounge is because japan closed their sakura lounge so they they're right now, if you are flying business on Japan Airlines, they're going to redirect you to that lounge. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, um, British Airways first class passengers with a same day boarding pass and they can bring a guest. Um, okay. But the guest has to also be flying British Airways or a one world partner. Mm -hmm. um, and then British Airways and Iberia business class passengers with a same day boarding card. Um, One World Emerald or Sapphire members with a Sunday boarding card on British Airways or a One World flight, and they can bring a guest who must also be flying British Airways or a One World partner airline. And side note, um, this is how Ashley got great treatment anywhere we went is because of her American Airlines status and how it transfers in One World. So. And I will talk about this in later episodes, but it's worth getting American Airlines status because of the per the One World perks associated with it. And some like there was a flight where I was flying first on Cathay Pacific, and she was in economy, but she got the same treatment I did because of her status. So yeah, I saw that. It's so funny. I know. This is what and she... how everybody was like looking at her funny. Like, why is this woman getting <laughs> yeah. all these treatments? Yeah, even in the back of the plane when she was flying economy, they they saw her status and were coming back and just Man. waiting on her. She got a whole row to herself. And she actually sells a course on how to get American Airlines status, which I think is totally worth it. She didn't tell me to do this. I'm just saying this as an aside. They're the biggest, I think they fly more people 
the most people in the world, American Airlines. And because uh -huh. they're in the One World Alliance, it's totally worth it to get status. So that's, there's your plug for Ashley's American Airlines status course. But then, um, okay, back to who can get into this British Airways lounge. Also, if you're a British Airways Executive Club Silver or Gold member, you must be flying British Airways or a One World partner. If the elite member is flying British Airways, she, he may bring one guest also flying British Airways. So lots of different people can get into that lounge. Also priority pass, but only between 5 and 11.30 a.m. according to the internet. So weird. So I wonder if you could still try if it's like not crowded, if they would let you in. If yes, I you should always try. Definitely. Right. And you can stay a maximum of three hours. So is that where you met the guy who paid $10,000 for the same seat you got for yes. next to nothing? I keep thinking back and hoping he meant round trip, but I don't know if he did or not. Yeah. Either way, he paid. Well, it's possible. I know. He paid way too much. And when I told Ashley, she, she said, did you sell on my email list? Because she said he's, <laughs> he's her ideal customer. <laughs> Well, tell us about the seat that he paid $10,000 for, but you bought with Miles. What was it like? Yes. Well, it's a lie flat seat in business class on Japan Airlines in a 222 configuration. That means there's two seats at the window, two seats in the middle, and two seats at the other window. Mm -hmm. And so you have a seatmate, but there is a divider that you can put up except during takeoff and landing so during takeoff and landing like on the flight over there there was a guy next to me and we were like cheers with our little champagne through the <laughs> through the thing uh -huh. um i did get a window seat 12a and in the future i would sit further up because the wing obstructed my view and i don't like that mm, so yeah, me neither. i would sit further up um they brought champagne at takeoff and then they brought a meal about an hour and a half in, and then you can order order any food you want for the rest of the flight. They give you menu. I chose the Japanese meal. You can choose the Western meal. Um, the food was fine, but I wasn't a huge mm. fan. I got the Japanese meal. Not great. Okay. No, I kind of think it's overrated, but you know me. Like, I am kind of like that with food. I'm just like, really? This the the popcorn at Tokyo Disney is not as good as everyone says. <laughs> That's a disappointment. I know. It's too bad. Gets really gets talked up. Um so the seat does it folds down completely flat if you want to try to sleep. Now I barely dozed on that flight because I bought the Wi-Fi. It was $18.95 for the whole flight. And I was working and texting and Eating, of course, all the things, trying everything on the menu. I watched a movie. Also, I left the West Coast at noon, and it was an 11-hour flight that landed in Tokyo at 3.15 p.m. Tokyo time. So yeah, I couldn't do it either. I know. The sun never went down. I just left my window open. I was the only, I felt like I was the only person in the cabin who was staying awake. Awake. Yeah, but it made sense, and it really helped with adjusting once I got there. I was going to say, did you regret it when you got there? But no, no it sounds like. I okay. didn't. I mean, I had moments of sheer exhaustion, especially when I got off the flight, and I had to go through 
immigration and customs and you know i was kind of delirious because it was really late on the west coast but you know it's like 2 a.m yes and i was like my something phone like would work and i you know yeah but um it was worth it in the end so in your opinion what's the best way to earn alaska miles for something like this okay well if you're not a frequent flyer on Alaska like I am, which hardly anyone is. This chart I looked at last You're week, kind of in the minority. I know. I know. So I looked the chart I saw last week that said that American Airlines carries the most people in the world. Alaska was so low on the list, like way lower than I even realized. So not a lot of people are going to have f- frequent flyer miles flying Alaska. But that's mm-hmm. okay because you can open an Alaska Airlines personal card every 24 months and earn a bonus. Yeah, and right now, great. the welcome bonus is 60,000 miles. So, well, there you go. You can earn them. And I could even open one, even though it makes zero sense for me to fly Alaska. Yeah. Because I could use them for something like that. Exactly. If you, because you know you want to go to Japan. And so, if you sure. didn't have, for instance, enough American miles, you might be able to book the same one world flight on Japan Air or Korea Air or Cathay if you got um, American miles to mix in with your, uh, sorry, Alaska okay. miles to mix in with your American right. miles. So tell us what it was like when you landed. Were you nervous? I kind of was. I've been to Tokyo before yeah. with Darren, but... It was in 2019. I don't remember a thing. I kind of just let him make all the decisions when we're traveling together. And um, I have this history of my phone, even when we call T-Mobile, let him know what we're doing, my phone not working when we land mm-hmm. somewhere internationally. But Darren's phone will work. Do you turn it off and then turn it back on and it still doesn't? Yeah. Sometimes I have to restart it and it still didn't work? It still didn't work. And... So anyway, I remember, and this is like a big deal when you're landing in a foreign country. I mean, luckily airports have Wi-Fi. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good, sometimes it's not. But I remembered this happening to me and on other international trips, got to the airport, got on the Wi-Fi, texted Ashley. She told me to buy an eSIM from an app called Aerolo. I've never done that before, but this you was like a-, a whole other language. I I know, right? I have no idea like, what that is. What, yeah. But this is one of the great things about traveling with Ashley because she's been to over 100 countries and now I've been to 15. I mean, this is like a huge <laughs> difference. You're catching up. I know. <laughs> I will never catch up. Um, <laughs> but it was so easy. So I just got on the Aerolo app and you buy an eSIM. So it's not even like, I remember people like, well, you have to get a SIM card and put it inside your phone. That's not what this is. It's virtual. And it's for the country that you're in, and you're basically mm-hmm. buying cellular a cellular data package. So I paid $25 for 20 gigs, which is so much. But, I mean, I was creating content the entire time. It's like, mm-hmm. when if you're going to be using your phone a ton, um, and by the way, the Disney parks don't have good Wi-Fi, then this might be an option for you. I had other people message me and say, oh my gosh, my phone didn't work in Tokyo either. So will you spell the name of that app so people can yes. find it if they need it? Yeah, it's A-I-R-A-L-O. Okay. 
All right. That's probably going to come in handy for somebody. Yep. All right. So then how did you get to your hotel once you finished everything at the airport? Good question. I YouTubed this a lot. And I know you wanted to be prepared. I really did. And I, um, and I recommend that. I recommend really preparing yourself. Um, one of the first things I want to say is make sure you fill out all the arrival forms you can on the plane over. Mm-hmm. Um, that will expedite the process through customs and immigration when you land. They didn't bring them to me on the airplane, which is disappointing. Um, and I will just say I was underwhelmed by the, the service. It sounds so snobby to say this, but... <laughs> When you've never it's flown okay. business class and you're like, this is going to be an experience like I've never had before. I didn't feel like the service was like that. They didn't offer me a cardigan. They offered one to the guy next to me. They didn't give me the forms I needed for landing. They gave them to the guy uh-huh. next to me. I found this all out afterwards. Um, so that's why I say make sure that you get the forms that you need to fill out on the plane what is really nice is that when you sit in the front of the plane you get off first so you are one Mm -hmm. of the first people through and um you and you'll it'll be even faster if you have the forms already filled out but anyway when i got through customs and went through the exit at haneda and i think it's similar at narita because i flew in there in 2019 Mm -hmm. right there when you exit, there's a counter clearly marked with a bus symbol where you can go purchase a limousine bus ticket. You can also get it from a vending machine, but it's so easy to go up to the counter. You um, you don't need cash for it. But if you do want cash, there's also ATM machines right there, too. Okay. But I had downloaded a Suica card because Mahogany told us about them into my apple wallet and loaded a thousand yen onto it which by the way was not it was hard to do wait why what made it difficult there's just credit card issues trying to use u.s cards in japan sometimes especially when you're making purchases online so like the day before i left i was sitting at my son's football game downloading this Suica card on my wallet, trying to fund it. I had to try four different credit cards before finally one of my Amex business cards worked. And I was messaging Mahogany and she said the same thing happened to them. She and her husband both had to go through four different cards. And then we all had a different credit card end up working. So what, and which card ended up working? Well, for me, it was um, my business amex marriott which i just have a bunch of cards in my apple wallet so i was just going down the row and then i think mahogany said one of them used like an ihg card and one of them used i can't even remember but they were all different there was no rhyme or reason they were like different banks some personal some business so the tip here is have all of your cards (laughs) And just, be prepared to try all of them. Just keep trying different cards. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so anyway, okay, at the limousine bus counter, you tell them what hotel you're going to, and they sell you a ticket. They have a big map. They look. They sell you a ticket. It was only okay. 1,100 yen, which is $7.34, which is so cheap. 
Yeah, that's great. So I bought the ticket with my Suica card because I had loaded money onto it after I finally got it to work. And they told me where to go catch the bus, which, by the way, has a bathroom on it. Thank goodness, because I was running around. I was going to say, and did you use it? Yeah, I did right when I got on there. <laughs> so it was a nice ride. They dropped me a block from the Hyatt Regency, Tokyo Bay. It took about an hour because they had to pick up at the other terminals and then drive through the city. Okay. So do all the hotels have limousine buses? Okay, no. And okay. this is part of the research I did, and it it is very difficult to research online. But what I have surmised is that they have buses that go to some hotels, not all the time. And then they have buses that will go to train stations. So especially if you are at Narita, which is further away, they'll just bring you into a central Tokyo train station. So they'll get you a lot of the way there, and then you can just ride the subway the rest or get a taxi or whatever you want to do. But um, it is where the counter is really helpful because they'll tell you if you could take a bus to your hotel or to a train station. Um, and if it, and, Or they'll tell you, go over there and get a train ticket. And when you go over there and get a train ticket, there's someone to help you. There is someone to help you in, in all the different places in the airport. Okay. Although, so I'm assuming all these people spoke English, too. They'd speak English. Later on, I will tell a story of <laughs> coming back to Tokyo and and there not being a limousine bus to my hotel and what happened. Because okay. we'll just wait. There's right. there's more to well, this story. But I, will, I do want to say there is one that goes to Tokyo Disneyland on a regular basis. So if you're staying on from property, the airport, yeah, okay, from both airports, okay, that's a priority. Um, you can also schedule a town car. I know that's what Serena said she did from Narita. You can mm -hmm. shell out for a taxi, but those are expensive, like a hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh wow! From Narita, or from um. Hyatt Regency, Tokyo Bay to Narita. So anyway, there's a lot of options, a lot of price points. Some are easier than others. Okay. So then did you just go straight to your hotel from there? Yes. Went straight to Hyatt Regency, Tokyo Bay. Ashley was already there. And we had booked a club room only because it's it was the only room available when we booked. We didn't really need a club mm -hmm. room because... Ashley's globalist with Hyatt, so her status would have gotten us club access. But anyway, it was 21,000 points a night for a club room that would have cost us $450 a night cash. Yeah, that's still not bad. That's still pretty That's a decent. good Hyatt redemption, right? Yeah, yep. I say if you can get two cents per point on Hyatt, that's good. So, well done. Um, how did you earn the points for that, for those hotels? I mean, I'm sure it was all the ink business cards we opened. <laughs> <laughs> that helped just a little. And then just transferring to Hyatt. Yeah. And then transferring to Ashley because she is globalist. So she had to book the hotels. Right. It makes sense for her to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The best ink cards to open right now are the Ink Cash and the Ink Unlimited. 
where you spend $6,000 in three months and earn 90,000 points. That's a promotional offer right now, increased from 75,000. Um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if anyone's interested, uh, you can check that out. Um, okay. So did you use the club a whole lot while you're there since you kind of double paid for it? <laughs> I know. Um, we didn't end up using it much just that first night for dinner and then the last morning for breakfast, which was amazing. So the day that we were checking out and flying to Shanghai, we were, we had breakfast in the lounge and the way it works is that you, um, get to skip the line. So you go through the club, skip the line, go straight into breakfast. And obviously it's complimentary. And it was incredible. I mean, Hyatt breakfasts are really, really good. Most places that you go, but this has so much authentic Japanese breakfast options, as well as some Western choices too. Um, so it was really good when we had it, but because we were opening and shutting down the parks, um, I think it opened at 7 a.m. and closed at 9, which is really inconvenient if you're trying to open and close the parks, you know? Yeah, that is annoying. You should tell them. Disney fans need better hours. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the parks. How did you get to them from the hotel? Yeah, well, of course, the hotel has a shuttle, and for some reason... They run the shuttle more often in the evening than they do in the morning. So it was pretty inconvenient for opening the parks. So every morning that we were going to the parks, we would just ask them to call us a taxi. And then we took the shuttle back at night because at night, I think it was running every 15 or 30 minutes. So mm -hmm. it's easy to catch a shuttle back. And then the taxi cost about $17 took us maybe 10 minutes okay so okay now that it's you've left there are you glad you stayed there or do you wish you had stayed on property this is a very good question and <clears throat> ashley and i have different opinions about this um and i'll probably talk more about this when we get to other parks and other hyatts because there are nuances with them all because I'm almost free traveling, I would probably do it this way again because I got okay. a free $450 a night hotel room. When you stay on property, you get 15 minutes happy entry, they call it. If you remember okay. Serena talking about that. I do remember that. And Serena seemed to think it was really important to have those extra 15 minutes Ashley kind of agrees that it's important to have those extra 15 minutes. I'm not sure I agree. After having gone through the whole thing, I'm just not sure 15 minutes would make that big of a difference. And I'll tell you why. So the most hectic day was the day that we went to Disneyland, Tokyo Disneyland. The lines were longer. There were just more people there. I don't know if it's always that way, but it was it was different from trying to get into Disney Sea, and it is really stressful in the morning there because, as Serena told us, only once you scan into the park can you make any kind of 
a reservation for a ride on your phone. Mm -hmm. Not only that, there's three ways that you can ride rides right now. You can go standby. You can purchase Premier Access. Sorry, I'm going to get these names mixed up. There's <laughs> there's actually Priority Pass, oh my gosh. which is their Fast Pass system, uh -huh. which is like Genie Plus. And then there's Premier Access, which are like individual Lightning Lanes. So okay. priority, priority Pass is free. Okay. You can schedule one every two hours, just like Genie Plus. They sell out around lunch. Wait, they, they, yeah, they sell out around lunchtime. Okay. Most of them. Same with Premier Access. Um, the difference is you pay for Premier Access, and I'll, I'll get to this when we do a deeper dive on the parks in our next episode, but you pay just like you do for individual lightning lanes, and you can book one every hour. So what happened was we scanned in, started race walking to our first ride because we were trying to get a low standby line uh -huh. while we were booking a fast pass, while we were purchasing a premier access. That's a lot to like wrap your head around. It's exactly as chaotic as it sounds. Yeah. Okay. And we really strategized the night before. I mean, we, we really planned like, okay, what ride are we going to run to and what ride are we going to all that? And so, um, but the reason I don't think 15 minutes would make that big of a difference is because you are still at the mercy of those hour, two hour and hour rebookings anyway. So I guess you mm -hmm. get a little bit of a head start on those and a little bit of a head start on a standby line. But from my point of view, it didn't seem like enough that I would pay to stay on property for it. But that's just me. And another thing we'll talk about on the next episode is there are hotels that are walking distance where you can use points to stay at those hotels. Okay. They're not Hyatt's. And they take okay. a lot of points. But they exist. So we'll talk about that too. All right. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs> Kim and I love bringing you Disney content every week. Thanks for showing your support by using the credit card affiliate links in the show notes. It costs you nothing and means everything to us. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode of the Disney Points podcast, where we'll unpack another way to save on your next Disney vacation. See you real soon. Mm -hmm.